This is the Prayer Culture Podcast, where we talk about building prayer into the lives of Bible-centric churches and individuals. I'm your host, Michael Green. I have a background in missions to the Islamic world, as well as being the founding member of Puremore, a ministry that is dedicated to developing a deep culture of prayer within local churches and communities. My co-host, Patrick Rowe, is a board member of Puremore, as well as being a longtime church planner in the greater Houston area and Thailand. This is the Prayer Culture Podcast. As a reminder, the Prayer Culture Podcast is a ministry of two or more, which is a crowdfunded ministry. So if you enjoy this content, please check out our website and giving page listed in the description. Also, when you have a second, hit the like and subscribe button. All right. Welcome back to the podcast today. I've got my bearded friend, Patrick, again. Well, we're both pretty heavily bearded. We're no? both bearded, but yours and good. Yes. You know me. I don't like how you said that. Sorry. Fluid. <laughs> it's a wisdom beard. Okay. A lot of gray in it. Yeah. Gray helps. Everything else about me appears unwise. Is that what you're saying? The beard helps. I'll just say this. In Africa, it's a win. It's like, okay. oh, look at the elder, you know, right. the the wise older person. Right, yeah, yeah. It's gray, gray hair or white hair means wisdom. Yeah. Biblically. Although, no, I don't know how true that always proves to be. No knock on the scriptures at all. I'm not calling the scriptures into question, but. Okay, so for reals, today we are talking about abiding in God's love and how this plays into abiding prayer. So our base passage today, I'm sure you've probably heard it if you read the Bible at all, is John 15, 9, where Jesus says, as the father has loved me, so have I loved you. Abide in my love. The first thing about abiding here that we see is as the father has loved me, so have I loved you. You got to like do a double take, triple take, quadruple take, forever takes on this passage because that's insane. (laughs) Totally insane that Jesus is saying, hey, the Trinitarian love we've had forever past and we'll have forever future. I am offering you that kind of love. Right. The highest, greatest, most complete kind of love. Yeah. And so then he issues a command, abide in my love. Abide in that thing, right? So really the question here that we're going to start out with is how do we abide in Christ's love? So it's simple, really. It's, <laughs> it is simple. We like to complicate things, but it is very simple. I'm a man of stories and like, you know, a, a lot of us, I think, identify with stories and different examples. And so a really great example, I think, in the Bible of this is Anna and Simeon in Luke 2. So if you go to Luke 2, verse 25, it tells the story of two people who are at the temple when Jesus is being dedicated, right? And in verse 25, it says, at that time, there was a man in Jerusalem named Simeon. He was righteous and devout and was eagerly waiting for the Messiah to come and rescue Israel. The Holy Spirit was upon him and had revealed to him that he would not die until he had seen the Lord's Messiah. That day, the Spirit led him to the temple. So when Mary and Joseph came to present the baby Jesus to the Lord, as the law required, Simeon was there. So then if you scroll to verse 36, it says, Anna, a prophet, was also there in the temple. She was the daughter of Fenwell from the tribe of Asher, and she was very old. 
Her husband died when they had been married only seven years. Then she lived as a widow to the age of 84. She never left the temple, but stayed there day and night, worshiping God with fasting and prayer. She came along just as Simeon was talking with Mary and Joseph, and she began praising God. She talked about the child to everyone who had been waiting expectantly for God to rescue Jerusalem. So there's a couple of elements that I notice here about how I would say Simeon and Anna are abiding. So they both have the Holy Spirit upon them. Simeon has the Holy Spirit, it says in verse 25. Anna is a prophet, so she needs the Holy Spirit to be able to to speak prophecies. They both have the Holy Spirit upon them. So what they're having to do is connect deeply with God to be able to have these things happen to them. So one, they pray without ceasing. It says about Anna that she prayed day and night and she fasted day and night. She stayed at the temple for a very long time. Just imagine that for a minute. Hey, I've got my neatly situated life with my husband and everything's going great. And then he's dead. And I'm sure there's a lot of pressure from family and everybody else. Oh yeah. You mourn him and they get remarried and kind of get back to life as normal. No, I'm going to go live at the temple for like 65 years now (laughs) being impoverished and just praying and Mm. that's it. Yeah. Yeah. Like, you know what I think of when I think of Anna is when Jesus was with the woman at the well, the, the Samaritan woman and uh, the disciples had gone off to get food, you know, and then they came back and he, they're like asking him, like, does he want to eat or something? And he's like, oh, I have food you don't even know about, you know? And he's talking about like his, the word, the fellowship with the father, you know, he, he's, he was so tangible to him, so fulfilling to him to be with his father, to do his father's will that he felt like he didn't even need to eat, you know? And I imagine... Anna may have really understood what he meant, you know? She was just living off of the Lord. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I love that. Yeah. What an example. What an example. So she's obeying that First Thessalonians passage, pray without ceasing. She's continuing to pray. Simeon obviously is in contact with the Lord because he's he was told something by the Lord. He believed it to be true. Hmm. And so, Spirit, what do I do today? Go to the temple, you know? Yeah, And so they have this pray without ceasing mentality. That's a constant communication with God. And I think that's a key element to abiding. Another key element to abiding is obedience. And this is most clearly stated in the passage. So we, we read John 15, 9. In verse 10, Jesus says, if you keep my commandments, you will abide in my love, just as I have kept my father's commandments and abide in his love. Okay, so Anna and Simeon are obeying God you know, to get to this point. Once again, Simeon believes the promise of God that he will see the Messiah before he dies. So he's in constant communication. The Holy Spirit says, go to the temple. He doesn't say, you know, I'm really busy today. I'll go tomorrow. (laughs) Uh, I've got more important things to do today, but tomorrow I can go, you know? Oh, like he just did exactly what God told him to do. And I'm sure the older he got, the more he felt like when he was being led by the spirit, the more he was probably more and more as he got older, he was probably thinking, maybe this is the time. Maybe I'll lay my eyes on the savior finally, you know, who knows how many years it had been. Does the passage say, I don't think so, that, but it doesn't say that he it had been revealed to him by the spirit that he would see the Messiah. So who knows how long it had been, 
And, and I'm sure he lived with such anticipation. You know, when the spirit moved him to go to the temple that day, I, I imagine he was, he was thinking maybe like he did every day, maybe this is the day. Absolutely. Yeah. And just seeing that heart of obedience for Anna to like sacrifice her whole life to do, to honor God. Right. And to be at the temple. And, um, and so really to be able to abide like that, you have to have communication with God. And obedience, of course, at the beginning, at the very base, starts with everything Scripture commands about not sinning and living a certain life. But then I think it carries over into what is my task? Lord, what are you calling me to do specifically today, this week, this month? What am I supposed to do for you? I just want to do what you want. I want to carry out your will. I, where am I supposed to go? Obviously, I'm supposed to share the gospel everywhere I go. I'm supposed to pray where I go. I'm supposed to run from sin. Yeah. I'm supposed to, okay, so within that framework, what am I supposed to do today? Am I supposed to go to the temple to behold the Messiah today? Like. Mm -hmm. Am I supposed to go to this foreign country to do missions? Am I, you know, just keeping that constant communication that's abiding in Christ. And then the obedience is, is part of that work. So, yeah. Yeah. And because it's, we're saying that they're to kind of try to recap the thoughts, abiding is necessary for obedience. Because you you want to be hearing from the Lord, understanding from the Lord, and in order to hear and understand, you've got to draw near, you've got to be listening closely. And so that means, first of all, pay attention, like you said, to the scriptures, those things that we know all believers everywhere for all time are commanded to, be obedient to those things, of course. But when it comes to uh, that listening to the Spirit's leadership as you live your life, there's the, okay, I know, for instance, you mentioned like sharing the gospel. I know that I should be sharing the gospel with people. You know, that's important. That's a part of our calling. We're ambassadors, you know. Uh, we should be shining the light, all these things that are very clear that all believers should be doing. But share with whom, when, where, you know, what are the specific words to say? These kinds of things. Is there something from my life I need to share with this person? Is, is the Lord revealing some knowledge about this person so, so that they would know that God is really with me? You know, being sensitive like that requires abiding. Just like reading your Bible and obeying it is abiding. There's that walking daily, being sensitive to the voice of the Lord, being receptive and being obedient that is also abiding. It, it all is. And it's all, so, so the obedience part is critical. Yeah. For abiding. Well, according to Jesus. According to, just according to Jesus. <laughs> yeah, the law. What else? <laughs> I don't say that. Sorry. Uh, I'm sorry, Lord. That was the, <laughs> no, no. He knows, he knows. It was a rotten joke. <laughs> um, yeah, absolutely. So really in terms of walking that out, we have a great example with Simeon and Anna where they're just really trusting the Lord and constantly in communion with him. So how do you yourself practically walk out abiding in Christ? Mm. Well, I, I mean, it goes back to those two things that we were just talking about, of course. If you don't know what the Bible says, then it's going to be difficult to obey it. Oh, yeah. And... And, and to abide in it. And I, I think so much of abiding, 
I'd love to know what you think about this, but I think so much of abiding in Christ requires knowing him. It's about who he is. You know, it's, we, we want to do what he said. We want to be obedient to him, but we also want to know why did he say that? Why does that matter to him? Who is he? Who is Jesus? What does he love? What does he hate? What are his desires? What are his passions? And if you know him well, then you're able to abide, which means to like stick to him, to draw all of your life, your motivation, your, your energy from him. And you just can't do that if you don't know what the Bible says, first of all. So I, I, to me, that's square one is you've got to be spending time in the word because the word reveals God to us. It's God's self-revelation to us. So the more we know the word and not for just for the sake of compiling knowledge, because knowledge by itself just puffs up, but love builds up. So we need the knowledge in order to help us love well. Yeah. And so that's to me square one. And then as we said, and as same and as Simeon and Anna model so well, uh, to be having that sensitivity to the Holy Spirit, to being obedient to his leadership, that's so important also. We don't want to be, it's also going to be really hard to abide in the Lord if you are not listening to him, if you're quenching his spirit or resisting the leadership of his spirit in your life, because he's going to reveal ways for you to be obedient also. And to just believe when he reminds you, when he teaches you, then for you to believe what he's saying and receive it is abiding. So I think those are the two big things for me, really. It's what is God's word saying and what is God's spirit saying? And let me believe all of it and pay careful attention to it. Yeah. And and be obedient yeah. to it. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, for me, elementally, there's just a couple of bullet points that I have for myself. So first, we have to accept that a closed canon does not mean a closed relationship. And um, this is something I say because I just believe it with all my heart that, that scripture is the authority, but we have God's spirit in us for a reason. And we have God's spirit in us actually guiding us. Mm. According to scripture. According to scripture. Exactly. And we have the same spirit that Simeon and Anna had. According to first John, it says, by this, we know that we abide in him and he in us because he has given us of his spirit. We have that same spirit mm -hmm. that led Simeon to the temple on that specific day at that specific time to fulfill that specific goal. And so that means we can be encouraged by the Lord in very personal ways. So I'd say that's kind of the first one. Close can does not mean close relationship. Daily wait on the Lord in a distractions-free space. Like create mm -hmm. space for God to meet with you and abiding. So uh, Psalm 37, 7 says, be still before the Lord and wait patiently for him. Anna did this in the temple. She made a space and said, I'm going to devote time and, and my life to this thing. And we can do this even if we're not like quitting our jobs and, you know, making our families fast forever, you know, uh, <laughs> right? you know, you can still do this in your, your work life environment. It's right. possible. And so I encourage make time for that meeting with the Lord and leave your phone somewhere else because that's a huge distraction. Oh, seriously? Yeah. Uh, just take practical steps to to make that time and that space. Uh, yeah, as, as usual, you're much more practical than me. <laughs> <laughs>
uh, in all of life and, and especially in these things, but on kind of a, a, a way of thinking practically about this, you know, to try to, to try to bring it to some point where you can kind of lay hold of the concept a little bit of, of this setting si- aside the time, mm-hmm. making it important enough to kind of arrange for it, you know? It's just, if you just imagined, what are we trying to do in abiding? We're trying to abide in Christ, abide in his love. What you're believing then is that he's with you. Yeah. You're drawing near to him, James's promise that if we draw near to God, he will draw near to us. So you're believing that when you come to Christ to abide in him, that he's coming to you and he's eager for that fellowship, for that relationship, for that exchange of love and affection and and those sticking close together. Jesus wants to stick close to us. So if you believe that, then you have to come to the place where you've decided Jesus is here. He's here. He's here. He's not out there and I'm trying to find him, you know. Uh, maybe I can coax him in, but he's, I don't know if he came or not. You know, there was a meeting, but I don't know if he showed up, you know. Reluctant. No, right. He doesn't like me anymore. Yeah. He doesn't want to hang out. You know? Or he's just hard to discern. He's too hard he's to discern. Yeah. He's, this is spiritual thing. So if we're not believing that Jesus is here, then we could not really arrange for the time. We could be easily distracted. But if we believe Jesus is here now, I'm drawing near, he's drawing near. How would you act if Jesus was in the room, bro? That's a great question. (laughs) How would you respond? Yeah. You know, I mean, would I be distracted by my phone if I was in a conversation with Jesus no, my phone would be thrown overboard, you know? I would have no time for it. I hope so. Yeah, I hope so. So uh, just imagining that way, you know, um, to try to put some real meat on the belief, you know, just, yeah. it's a helpful thing for me. That is so good. I love that. And that really goes into, you know, that constant communion. So basically practicing the presence of God continuously as I go throughout my life and my day. So once I've had that time with the Lord, a lot of times, you know, it's good, or I try to have it in the morning. And so it's like, now I'm going into my day with this mentality. And when I go to work, it's like, can I still a moment away with Jesus? Instead of getting distracted by some other thing that really has nothing to do with my work and I don't have to do, do I really believe that his love his steadfast love is better than life. Like the Psalm says, right? Like I want to have that mentality where now I'm practicing the presence, even when I'm doing my various things, if I'm doing physical labor, I can think on him. If I'm driving, instead of having some entertainment up, I can be communicating with him. Um, And so really just having that constant communion like Simeon and Anna. And then that translates into, you mentioned, uh, Patrick, just having the scripture in it. Meditating on scripture, I think, is a key part of abiding yeah. for sure. I mean, Psalm 1-2 says, his delight is in the law of the Lord, and on his law he meditates day, day and, and night. <laughs> right. I mean, scripture says day and night so often. Yeah. Okay, so I'm meditating on scripture. I'm meditating on what God says about himself, what God says about Jesus and who he is and who I am close to, who is in my presence right now. And 
and, and Simeon did that. That Simeon knew the passage about Messiah pretty clearly, right? So he knows the scripture about the Messiah. He has this like really ingrained in him. And so I think part of abiding is having scripture hidden in your heart. It's memorization. It's doing your morning reading and asking God to teach you when you go through it. God's taught me so much when I, before I read, I just say, Lord, teach me something. And he teaches me something and pray over portions of scripture and the Holy Spirit will impress things upon you. It's just really an important element to help you connect with the Lord is have that grounding rod that kind of helps. I mean, the Bible part, part of it is it it keeps the guardrails up. So you're not going out to where God is not actually these things way out here, but it's not just, uh, guardrails. It really will teach you about who you're with Mm. and feed your soul and stuff. So, yeah, that's good. Yeah. And if that reminds me of a friend of mine who goes to church with us, Jared, and I, I, appreciate Jared so much. His sincerity, his desire for the Lord is so strong. And he was just mentioning to me the other day, we were just talking about the scriptures and I was asking him kind of, what's he studying? How's it going? You know, what's his Bible? What's his time like in the scriptures? And he was just saying, it's so slow. It's so slow. And it's like, well, what what's going on with that? You know? And he was just saying, well, you know, I, I read a verse or sometimes not even a whole verse. And I just read something that's like, what, you know, and he's got to stop and just constantly be stopping and enjoying the truth of it or wrestling with the truth of it or trying to bring himself to under the submission of that truth, you know, whatever it is that, that the, the spirit is using those scriptures to strike in him. He just keeps stopping and stopping. So it's this patient. He's being so patient in his interaction with the word. And I think that's so admirable. Yes. Yeah. That's, that's, that's so right. It, it should be that way. I don't think we should be reading the Bible like it's a magazine, you know, where we just kind of skim it, you know, oh, something interesting happened, you know, or, and we often get into trouble with the scriptures because when we read something we don't understand, we just blow right by it. Mm-hmm. We don't want to take the time to wrestle with it, or if it's disturbing or bothersome to us yeah. or, or goes against something we've been taught before that we've held to, you know, Sure. then we, we just skim past. And that's, we're talking about abiding. And so I, I think it's so important to be patient and be submissive in our relationship with the scriptures because all of it is true. Yeah. And all of it is useful for teaching, for training, for rebuking, all these things, you know, all of it. And so I just, that, I love that about Jared. I feel like that's such good, healthy, strong abiding to just be slow and patient in your journey through the scriptures. So important. And I mean, like, here's just kind of an example. So we get an example from something that I had recently. Uh, I'm reading through the Old Testament right now. So I was reading Exodus 17 and Moses has to hold the staff up while Joshua is fighting, right? And so Aaron and her help him hold his arms up. And so I ask God, like, why does Moses lift the staff and why does he need other people to do this thing, right? And I believe God just really encouraged me with Aaron and her illustrating the fact it's not good for man to be alone, right? And the body of Christ is made up of many parts. Like, This is the, and this is actually in the context of a battle. Uh, So we're supposed to fight spiritual battles alongside other believers. And 
You know, I told God, like, this is really difficult because that means I actually have to expose myself and the things that I'm battling with. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's hard. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know? it's walking in the light. I and mean, it's difficult. It's difficult, but God just really encouraged me in that moment and something I needed encouragement in. So that's just kind of an example of how God was helping me personally, really. And it, he, he usually does this for me. He'll bring other scriptures to mind to support what he's teaching me right? so that it is a all of word, the word of God mentality that's instructing me, not just one verse or, you know, something that could be interpreted wrongly, but that's how God is personally teaching me through it. Right. Yeah. And so if that, to use Jesus's imagery about abiding, it's about a branch abiding in, a, in the vine and staying connected, drawing its life. And so in those moments, you know, you're learning from the scripture. This, this text is thousands of years old about people you've never met in a far off land, you know, and, and it'd be easy to read it and feel like it's completely unrelatable. And yet you are abiding, you are staying connected to Jesus, the vine in that moment. And he's giving you life. He's giving you nourishment through your abiding just in your Bible study time. You know, it doesn't have to be this dry academic pursuit. I'm just trying to gain knowledge, gather all this knowledge about what happened, about what God said, whatever. It's more than that. It's really drawing life. And God intends it to be that way. He's so good. He's so good. And he's, I believe it's very important to try to understand what the authors mean when they say something in scripture and what God is the truth he's telling, you know, but I also like see where God teaches us lessons through stories, you know, in in scripture and and teaches us different various things where the passage can have a couple of different things it's saying. It's not just saying one, only one exact thing. Um, But the way that I do that without getting off or getting out left field or getting heretical is I make sure that I'm understanding it in the context of all of scripture. Does all of scripture support what I'm interpreting God is teaching me right now? If it does, God's teaching me a powerful lesson. Praise the Lord. Like I said, with Exodus 17, all of scripture supports that lesson. Right. And explicitly supports that idea. Explicitly. And it's an idea that I already know, but it's something that God's teaching me in a fresh new way and something I needed to be reminded of and really encouraged to to fight for. And so um, that's just a powerful ode to when I'm abiding, meditating on scripture is a key part of what I'm doing. Yeah. Now, to bring this back around, in two or more, we have abiding times in our prayer meetings. Mm-hmm. So when we come together, we say, we're not just going to start interceding right away. We want to start by connecting with God's heart, by meditating on scripture together, by asking the Lord what he wants to teach us, and then God works. And really, we do this because we want to really function as the body is supposed to function uh, in 1 Corinthians 14 and in different ways. But we really want the spirit to inform our intercession. We want the spirit to be the one who is teaching us and guiding us. And so in terms of the reason for that or the importance, what do you think it looks like healthily to say, Hey, we're going to have time where we just wait on Christ together. Mm. Gosh. I mean, 
I think, I think the fact that we're asking that question is like, we're so American. <laughs> we're just, it's such an un-American thing to be patient, to wait, to listen before you speak, you know, to not assume you already know, even to even know what I need. We so often come to God in a hurry and urgency is not wrong. You know, urgency is good. Passion is good. Um, but uh, I, I think when we wait, when we begin by waiting, we're saying something really important to ourselves and to the Lord and to each other. To myself, I'm saying, you're not God. God is who you need. And so be quiet. Be quiet. Wait. Come on. It says something about expectation. I actually expect that I'm here to meet with God and that God is willing to meet with me and share with me, share something of himself with me. We're saying to each other the same thing. We're, we're all saying we're in this together and God is the one we need. We don't need a specialist over here. We don't need a professional over there. We need God. So let's all be quiet first. As a, as a matter of first importance, be quiet and listen, you know? And to God, of course, we're saying we need you more than we need ourselves. I don't come to you, God, presumptuous and trying to twist your arm or inform you about what my deepest needs are. I'm going to assume you know better than me. So I'm going to come quiet and humbly and patient and draw near to just be at your feet and still allow you to start changing my mind, helping me understand, speaking to me. Um, Because once we start talking, it's over, you know? Uh, I mean, we just, we start spouting and it's, we, there's a time for speaking. Yeah. Uh, for sure. But uh, the question is why wait first? I just think it says so much important, so many important things to ourselves, to each other, to the Lord that are really necessary. Yeah. And what you said about having it all figured out, a lot of it's the appearance of having it figured out for everybody else. Cause we come together, <laughs> yeah. we don't want any awkward silences. We don't want to appeal people to feel like there's, you know, no control. So what you said, it's Martha, right? It's Jesus saying to Martha or to Mary, Hey, Martha's chosen the better thing. I'm sorry. I got that mixed up. Mary has chosen the better thing right. when he said that to Martha. Now, Martha, Got it all figured out. I'm going to do all the things to make this totally perfect yeah. for Jesus. The Lord's here and I'm just going to do everything and make it so great. Right. Bossing Jesus. Or- <laughs> <laughs> and there's a time to do things. And so that like intercession is a command. We're going to go into intercession. Of course. But let me start with that Mary spirit of God. I don't have it figured out. You know, we've got a plan to pray for missionaries today. Uh what are we supposed to pray into for these specific missionaries? Or how do you want to touch this person that's at this prayer meeting? And having that Mary spirit, having that like, Jesus, I just want to sit at your feet. I just want to learn from you. I just want you to teach me. Having that humility and that ability to say, you know what? Let's release control. Yeah. And dedicate this to the Lord and let him be the one who speaks to us. If I have the Holy Spirit in me, I'm going to, harp on this over and over again 
is I have the Holy Spirit of God in me. Right. Really? Really. So let me drop the agenda for a minute. Let's let him speak, you know? Yeah. Right. So it's like, of course, we're going to plan a meeting where we know what we're going to do, you know? But do we think of it from the other direction? Do we assume that when we come together, God has a plan for the meeting? If we do, then wouldn't we want to first say, okay, Lord, what did you have planned for tonight? Would you, is there something that you want to do here? Is there something you want to say that's important to you tonight? So often in our prayer meetings, our first kind of one of our first prayers is, Lord, what is important to you right now? What's on your heart right now? What's on the mind of Christ in this moment for these people? How would you like us to spend our time here? And I think that's just, again, it's just like believing God's really there and that he really wants to do something by his power. And that a prayer meeting is not just a time for us to come and speak to God, which we should do. He wants us to do that. But do we believe that God wants to speak to us? That's bottom line, I think. Bottom line, and you know, you guys can check out the two or more website. I have a whole guide that talks about the practicals of doing the abiding portion of the prayer meeting. Really all the elements of really coming together and abiding intercession and fasting. Uh, but that's just really important element, I think, that is so often missed. And but mostly just because there has never been a precedent set for it. There's been mm-hmm. no practice of it. So people just don't understand it. They don't, they've never really tried it. I was that way for so, so many years where I just, I just didn't understand because I never really did it. But now it's like just such a key part of my walk with the Lord personally. And when I do prayer meetings and when I'm praying with others is waiting on the Lord and letting him teach me, Hey, it's time to go to the temple. The Messiah is going to be there. That's the, yeah. So. Like I did that. Yeah. That was sneaky. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, That's really good. Yeah. I love it. Yeah. And then of course, you know, you don't have to look far in the scriptures to see our, that our, our posture toward the Lord should be one of waiting. Wait and see, you know, what he's going to do. He's, it, it, we know that he has, beautiful, powerful, wise, fulfilling plans for all of us. But if we never stop and listen and be quiet, then what do we really expect to understand from him? You know, again, it's just like if I, if you and I get together, it's like, Hey, let's get together. Let's catch up. And then as soon as we sit down, I just go, blah, 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 blah. And I never, I never even go, what's up, Mike? What's going on with you? What are you thinking? What are you feeling? You know, how would I expect to ever know if I won't let you speak, you know? And so God can overcome all these things. You know, he's, he's more powerful than us. He can overcome our weaknesses, our misunderstandings. So we're not trying to give some kind of secret code to unlock everything, you know, but we are saying these things are important expressions of our faith, of our love for him. We're talking about abiding in the Lord and there's that we're the branch. He's the vine. He's the one with the life. We're not. We're drawing all our life from him. So just waiting, being quiet, being patient, expecting him to speak first, asking him to, it just makes sense. Yeah. If we're the branches, you know, 
and ma- and just making space for it. Right. That's all we're saying. It's all we're advocating for. Um, we don't go into prayer meetings trying to induce specific actions or anything. No. It's just the Lord will do as He wants. Let's wait on the Lord and let Him do what He wants to, and be open to what He wants to do. Right. Ask Him to. Yeah. And give actual time. Yeah. Right. And that matters to the Lord. Mm. It's part of what this is about is that matters to him. So uh, throughout scripture, you can see that it's important to the Lord how we come to him, how we respond to him, how we listen to him. He will stop speaking to people who won't listen to him. That matters to the Lord. Mm. So I I don't want to be in that position. I, I want to be in the position of if anybody's going to hear him, I will. Because I'm listening and, and I'm not giving, I'm not giving any reason. I'm not putting a stumbling block in front of myself. I'm not stopping up my ears. Um, so that if the Lord decides to speak, I'm ready, I'm willing, I'm eager to hear rather than having to overcome my lack of desire or my lack of time given to him or my lack of openness to him. I don't want him to have to overcome me in order to speak to me. I want him to find me ready. Yeah. And so I guess that's, that's kind of what we're saying is let's make sure we're ready. So when he speaks, we can hear clearly. As a reminder, the Prayer Culture Podcast is a ministry of two or more, which is a crowdfunded ministry. So if you enjoy this content, please check out our website and giving page listed in the description. Also, when you have a second, hit the like and subscribe button.